I am Stephen Wago. And I'm Jana. And we are addicted to anime here on Mega Powers Radio. And tonight we are going to be talking about Sword Art Online, which is a anime which basically sets some people in a virtual reality MMORPG where if they die in the if they die in the video game, they die in real life. The only way out is to beat the game and that leads to what has become one of the most popular animes of 2012 going into 2013. And of course, we've had the announcement of Sword Art Online 2 going into next year, but we'll get into that as and when. If you would like to join the discussion, you can call in at 713-955-0363. That number again is 713-955-0363. Or press the Skype button and you can join us and I will bring you onto the show. Um, also, if you want to tweet us through the show, you can uh, follow me at my uh, Twitter handle, which is at Stewago. That's S-T-E-W-A-G-O. And I will take any questions and comments and read them out on the show. Uh, also, thank you to PastelBunBun.com, which has been a great help to the show promoting us recently. For unique gifts that are 100% cute, check them out at PastelBunBun.com for all your kawaii needs. Um, so we're going to get into a few things tonight. And first off, we're going to be touching on our top five. And what our top five is, generally we take a subject which relates to the anime that we're talking about. Uh, last time we was talking about villains. villains. Um, yeah, we was talking. We was talking dang on romp for the last time. If you want to go back and check that, and basically, um, they had a unique villain in that um, Monokuma. Monokuma, and we thought it'd be good to highlight our five favorite villains. Well, in this case, we're going to be touching on something a little different. Um, in the in this situation, it's not so much as a unique villain, but more on the touching side of there's a unique and fun couple. Uh, many animes have couples that people love and adore, and I'd say Sword Art Online's definitely one of them. If you know anything about it, you know that Asuna and Kirito, the main characters of the series, end up hooking up and living their life in the virtual reality world, which is Sword Art Online. Well, we're going to go through and let you know what our top five are. Um, as far as the criteria for our top five anime couples, it's basically going to be that they have to have some legitimacy of romance or they're actually together. So that means your Naruto and Sasuke fantasies will not come true in our top five list. Meaning it's not far-fetched. It's something that very well could happen in the anime. Or is suggested to happen or has actually happened. So, yeah, uh, you can get your sick fantasies out of here. <laughs> You've seen what they put on DeviantArt. Some of that stuff's gross. Oh. Um, all right, so I'm going to go to Jana, and you can tell me what you, in no particular order, whatever you feel like throwing at me, one of your top fives. Well, my top five actually almost completely matched Steven, so I decided to go through and revamp my top five yesterday um, because one of my top five already matches one on his list. I didn't want it to be completely the same. So the first on my top five, in no particular order, is Suzaku and Euphemia Libertania from Code Geass. Uh, Stephen and I have actually cosplayed them as a couple cosplay. <laughs> um, I enjoyed them a lot as a couple. It started off as just him being her protector, and it turned into something else. And if you've seen Code Geass, you know how sad Euphemia's uh, last debut is, and he really just kind of like touches you with that, and you can see how much he really loves her. 
Um, yeah, it was a really cool scene. I'm just going to go ahead and say Euphemia and Suzaku now and just get it out of the way with, yeah. rather than retouching on the same couple. But uh, with Suzaku and Euphemia, it was definitely an interesting relationship where Suzaku, Suzaku basically protected her while she was on the run from her own family. Yeah. Um, and they developed a genuine relationship of just being together and not so much, oh, we're thrown into this really weird situation and we fell in love. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, there is plenty of that later on. But um, the final scenes where Suzaku thinks he's going to die and he's fighting off um, leagues of mechas and he proposes to Euphemia during the battle from the inside of his mech is one of the coolest scenes ever. And their end is such a sad one. Yeah. And... It really helps Suzaku's character develop throughout the series. Um, I think he's one of the most underutilized and underappreciated. I um, agree. So if you guys want to see an interesting couple, you should go back and check Suzaku and Euphemia Libertania from Code Geass. So what have you got for your second couple? And no surprise here, I had to bring in Sailor Moon because it's one of my childhood favorites. And I think we always go back to our childhood favorites at one point or another, even if we're an adult. I picked Usagi and Mamoru from Sailor Moon. There isn't really much to say about them other than you have 200 episodes of their love being shoved in your face. In the end, though, they're, they're a lovely couple. In the beginning, I think they start out how a lot of people do. They start out with uh, one of them annoying the crap out of the other, and it just slowly evolves into something more. And you find out that they had history together even before they were given these bodies on Earth and all that. Then again, I do sometimes think that animes tend to do that type of romance quite often where one person is really annoying and the other is really annoyed by them, but it turns into love. But at the same time, I can't help but fall for it. So for Jana, and who did you say those characters were again? That was Usagi and Mamoru so, Sailor Moon. And for me, my next couple, um, it's got to be Light and Misa Misa. And it's not so much that they're a good couple. In fact, they're quite the opposite. They're, they're fucking atrocious. Um, but what it is, <laughs> it's just funny as hell. Uh, that whole relationship started, and I'm pretty sure if you're a fan and addicted to anime, you've already seen Death Note, so this isn't much of a spoiler, but um, there appears to be a second Death Note in the world, and that is on the hands of Misa Misa. While she isn't the most stealthiest and intelligent of people, she was intelligent enough to use it to track Light Yagami down, mm-hmm. uh, using her Shinigami eyes. And Light Yagami uses all her emotions, feelings, and love he feeds off of it. Just to abuse her in a way that mm-hmm. he can use her for his own personal gain. And Misa, in turn, gets Light Yagami. Yeah. I mean, not in truth. But not in truth, but he gives her, to an extent, what she wants. Enough what she, where she's going to be happy. Yeah. Of course, Light meets his inevitable fate, and we see... At the end of the series, Misa standing over at the end of a bridge. So it's suggested from the anime that she kills herself, though... From what I understand in the manga, she just dies of old age. It's not 100% covered. I had the 13th novel. It does say that she dies far more prematurely than most people, but it never really completely goes into it. I'm pretty sure she killed herself. I mean, that's what they were suggesting. She was just looking out into the blue sky whilst on on the edge of a bridge, looking all depressed. So Mm. I'm guessing that's what happened to her. So who have you got next? Next, I have... Akira and Saki from Eden of the East. To be honest with you, it's been quite a while since I've watched Eden of the East. 
but what I do remember is that they stuck out to me quite a bit. It, their their romance was quite random, and it really came out of out of left field. He was just standing naked outside the White House. She was the girl that lost her passport. And they just helped each other get out of so many horrible, sticky situations. And they are just an amazing team. Naked and sticky situations. Uh, All right. Giggity. So, uh, for me, the next relationship I've got, and it was never a true relationship, but the romance, and this is what this entire anime was suggested as romance, it's going to be uh, Tamaki and Haruhi from Oren... Oran House Club, and I don't know what the full name of that anime is. It's like a really long one. It's, yeah. It's, but if I say Oran House Club, you guys know what I'm on about. And basically, Haruhi is pretending to uh, be a male in the school and ends up joining the host club. Uh, the, only person, the only person that actually got fooled by it in the host club was Tamaki because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, and those two have a relationship which is very unique. It's very comedy. Um, but they have some touching moments throughout the entire series, including one where he chases Haruhi down at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and all throughout... I thought it was more she chased Yeah, him sorry, down. that's the other way yeah. around. Yeah, he got partnered up and forced to marry off to someone of uh, in the family and she tracks him down and stops him from having to go away throw his life away so it's a very touching um and it's a it's a really nice ending to what was a very com- like it was comedic comedic series it was very touching and i really want there to be a second series of that it's one of those where it's light-hearted enough where nothing can really ruin it unless mm. they poorly write it so i'm all up for seeing where they go in the future yeah. I'm sure there's a hundred fanfics telling me why. <laughs> so, to Jana. All right, my next one, is, uh, like like yours, it's not a 100% romance, uh, but it is suggested several times throughout the series, and basically you can tell very, very clearly that they have feelings for each other, is Hideki and Chi from Chobits. To, to Chi, he's literally everything Pansu. to her. Pansu. Pansu. <laughs> She is what's called a Persicom, a uh, not a human being, but a, basically a computer in the shape of a human being, though it's later revealed that she has abilities that other Persicoms do not, like having feelings and things like that, though that's much later in the series. Basically, it's very obvious that he's everything to her, and he becomes so heinously protective over her. In the beginning, all he wants is a Chobit, or not a Chobit, all he wants is a Persicom. Everybody has a Persicom, anyone who's a somebody anyway, and he's just a country boy moving to the big city. He doesn't have one. He counts himself lucky to find one, and she becomes more than a Persicom to him. She becomes his life. He dedicates his life to teaching her and helping her learn how to live, and I think that there's just something very innocent and naive but very wonderful about their relationship. And next to me has got to be actually be one on the one on the actual topic we're suggest- talking about tonight, and that is Kirito and Asuna. And I'm not going to go go too far into this because we'll be covering we'll be covering this pretty much all the way through. But it is one of these times where you actually get to see an anime couple grow from beginning to end. And there's only one more that does that, and that's going to be my number one. But as an anime couple, these two were awesome. Um, if not a little rushed, mm, but yeah. overall, you get invested in them, and it's nice to see them grow in such a unique uh, world where they, where it's actually 
shocking that someone could have a romance and it was really touching it was awesome and you grow to be invested in both kirito and asuna i agree go ahead with yours all right this will be your number five right yep i believe my last one is ed and winry from full metal alchemist um i really enjoyed their relationship it's somebody you know they've been they've known each other since they were children you see them grow, like you said, from beginning to end, quite literally, since they're very tiny children, and it's not rushed at all. In fact, if anything, it's not rushed enough, but I think that's not exactly a bad thing. Things move slowly and uh, very, very slowly and deliberately to the point where sometimes it can be a bit infuriating, but by the very end, it's obvious that the two of them are just insanely in love with each other, and they have been for a very, very, very long time. And I really think Brotherhood's the only one that actually did it yeah. and had them confess their love for each yes. other at the end. Yes, that's true. And the fucking idiot doesn't know how to express his feelings, so he does it during an alchemy speech. Because <laughs> he's that awkward. He's that awkward, but he was basically saying, I want equal exchange. <laughs> I give you my love, you give me yours. Uh, he's a nerd, but it's okay. But it was really cool. It was touching. I really wish... That was a good choice. I really just wish they'd done more in the original anime adaption. Yeah. Um, and that's just another reason why I think Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood's ten times better than And the that's initial. something we will be covering eventually in another show, both uh, not only Brotherhood, but the original as well. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's going to be next show. Yeah, that'll be our next show. So that'll be a fun one. I mean, there's a lot of FMA fans. I think uh, a lot of people over on the uh, Facebook uh, group are liking those images of what I've posted, especially yeah. the... Uh, the Leave yeah. Nina alone. <laughs> <laughs> Saddest thing in the entire anime, I swear. Yeah. Well, her and her dog are inseparable. You're a jackass. Yeah. But, yeah, we're going to be covering Full Metal Alchemist in the very near future next month. You guys should check that out. Uh, for everyone on the Facebook page who has been liking us, uh, which is facebook.com slash addictedanimefans, I'd just like to say thank you whilst I was on the subject. But to go for my number five, and I think it's pretty hard to argue this, but the number one relationship in all of anime is Tomoya and Nikisa from Clanad, and especially Clanad After Story. I completely agree with you. It is an entire anime dedicated to their relationship, and the reason it's so popular is because it's just that damn well written. Yes, it is. Um, they cover every nook and cranny. Their backgrounds are covered. Those backgrounds are implemented into their relationship, such as his basketball injury and her illnesses, and it all culminates into both series endings. And if you've not watched Clonad, it is a roller coaster of emotions, and you become more invested in these characters than I think I have any other. Even if you like another series better, I'm on about strictly from characters. It's hard not to be invested in these more so than anyone else. Yeah, they just cover it that well. Um, so that is for our top five. Um, quite a variety of anime there, too. We've got Code Geass, Orin Host Club, Death Note, uh, Sword Art Online, Clanad, Full Metal, even the East, Chobits, Sailor Moon. So it goes to show that there's a lot of character development in many animes, and a lot of them have made our top fives. I almost, my whole top five was almost completely identical to yours originally. <laughs> so I. I went through uh, my all the things I haven't watched in forever and realized that they had a lot of good gems as well. 
I just think if they hadn't dragged it out as long, I think one of the ones that would have made it onto my list was probably Inuyasha and Kagome, but mm. they just couldn't make it. It I was just, too dragged out. And uh, too dragged out by the time that the series had ended, at least the first series. The romance was dead. Yeah. Um, you felt the characters were close, but he wasn't invested in their relationship. But that was probably... Heck, by the end, I was more invested in Sango and Moroku. So, yeah, it was one of those animes where I was invested, but not invested enough. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to get on to the main subject, and that is Sword Art Online. Uh, we're going to be told breaking this down into both arcs. Yeah. Uh, the first arc, which is Sword Art Online. The second arc, which is Alfheim Online. And then we're going to discuss the future, what will be the third arc, and that is Gun Gale Online. Um and possibly Underworld Online. We don't actually know what's happening yeah. in Sword Art Online 2, but I'm looking forward to it. There's only been one very small trailer. Mm -hmm. So, basically, going to touch on how Sword Art Online played out as far as the story goes um, from beginning to end, and then we're going to basically get each other's thoughts on this. Uh, Sword Art Online starts off in the actual virtual world, um, I hear a random bang then. It's the cats. They're messing with each other. Yeah. Our cats go berserk when we're trapped in a room without them. They throw hissy fits. Yeah. And that's why I don't want children. Cats are enough work. <laughs> but, yeah, as far as Sword Art Online goes, it started out in the virtual world of um, Kirito. Um, he's gaming at the time using his actual avatar and not what eventually becomes his own person. Yes, uh, everybody has created their own avatar. Some look similar to them, some looks nothing like them. Some are a different gender. Yep, different gender, different age, different everything. And basically, Kirito is a beta tester for mm -hmm. Sword Art Online. He is ahead of the curve above everyone because he knows all the tricks. He's the one that's pretty much written the book on how to play this game. Yeah. Um, and he made another gamer called Klein. Klein. And Klein can tell that he was a beta just by how Kirito is running around town like he knows the place. And destroying enemies. Yeah, with, with no problem. So Klein begs him to teach him how to be a good player in Sword Art Online. Now, this is before all hell breaks loose, and they're just having a good time together. But we have someone who wants to come on, and I've left them on pause a little too long, so let me bring them on. Um, caller, you are on air. Caller? Hello? Hello, who have we got calling in today? I hear breathing. Okay, caller, we did try to bring you on. I'm going to try and bring you back on in a moment. I have no talking back from you guys. Oh, All right, well, I'm going to bring them back on when I can. Apparently, they called into the show about three minutes ago. We didn't get around to them, and they forgot about us. Uh, That's our fault. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so basically as far as Sword Art Online goes, um, they're uh, having fun, uh, playing around together, and they try and log out at the end of it all, and they can't. Yep, Klein has a pizza waiting for him, and when he finds out he can't log out, he's devastated. Yeah, they think it's a glitch at first, and one of the game masters will fix it, but they can't get in contact with anybody. No. Next thing they know, they're brought to the main city, at least the city. Uh, there's of, a forced teleport. Yeah, there's um, at the City of Beginnings, and they're introduced to the villain of the show. Um, 
I can't remember the top of his name. What was it? His name, uh, it is Kayaba Akihiko. And Kayaba basically tells these guys the rules of the game. You're trapped in here, and... The only way out is to finish the game. And if you die here, you die there. If the helmet's forced to take off, you will die. Yep. Basically, you've got to get through this game or you're dead. Yep, no family members can take off your helmet for you. Otherwise, your brain will get fried. And I'm going to go back to our caller and see if they're ready to talk. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to have to hang up on them. So, caller, we're, um, we tried to get you on once already. Are you here? Caller? I can hear them doing things. I can hear you in the background, caller. Are you on? It's just that I hear typing. Okay, I'm going to hang up on him. You're welcome to call back into the show mm-hmm. as and when. Um, so as we were saying, uh, so basically the situation with the series is that they're all trapped in and life begins from there. Everyone goes into a state of panic. Um, a lot of people start getting reports that people are dying in the real world because they're having the helmet ripped off. Right. Um, and it's all havoc. Eventually the game does a lot, like this whole series does a whole bunch of time skips. Um, and it time skips over a few episodes. Um, there are quite a lot of time skips in this anime. And as the story progresses, everyone's getting into the norm of, hey, we've got to beat this game or yeah. it's all over for us. Everyone's over the denial phase and they're actually to the moving on and actually going forward with this phase. I think everyone, it started off with a panic at first, but slowly over time, everyone's getting used to what they have to do. And eventually, um, we have a scene with Klein and Kirito where Kirito basically leaves Klein to, and his guild and doesn't want to join and just wants to go do his own thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, Kirito wanted to take care of Klein, but when he heard that Klein had other friends, Kirito knew he couldn't take care of them as well. So they end up separating, which I believe actually leads as a source of guilt to Kirito mm-hmm. for quite some time. So Kirito sets off on his own journey, and he meets a variety of cast of characters. And the first one who he mainly meets is Asuna, and that's in the boss fight. Yes. Uh, they have a very brief meeting. Um, there is a brief meeting where uh, they're all like planning to take down one of the first basic, bosses. Mm-hmm, basically all the most powerfulest players and uh, guilds are all located in this group meeting where they're discussing how they're going to go and take out the first boss on their own. Now is a good time to point out that not all people are happy with the beta testers. Mm-hmm. Kirito, as a beta tester, is considered a cheater um, until I think it's uh, the blacksmith that stands up. Yeah, him. well, first of all, they don't know that Kirito is a beta tester. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody stands up in the crowd and says that the betas should come forward now and apologize and give them all their money and stuff because all this is their fault and that they should be able to help them more than they have. And that's when Silica... And that's when Agile, Agile, not Silica, different blacksmith. (laughs) That's when Agile stands up and says that he points out that this book that everyone's been following was written by all the beta testers and that if it weren't for the beta testers, they would have never gotten as far as they did. Mm-hmm. And that really shot that guy up. <laughs> and from there, it's set where this group of people who were the highest are leading the attack force against the first boss. What, was that Agile or was that the blue-haired man? That was Agile. That was Agile? Mm-hmm. I thought it was the blue-haired guy for a minute. But, no. yeah, I see what you... Oh, no, the blue-haired guy was running this revolt. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
So they fight the first boss, and that's when Asuna and Kirito have the most success fighting it and have a brief conversation mm -hmm. where he basically tells her that there's only so many benefits to going solo. You should find a guild and join them. Right. Basically, though, they had a, a rather sad death scene in there. Uh, the the blue-haired man that was heading the, uh, not the revolt, I can't think of the word I'm looking for here. But, the task force. Yeah, the task force. Diabelle. Diabelle. He was also, we find out, also a beta tester. And uh, everyone freaks out on Kirito after this. Kirito tries to save him, tries to give him a potion, but Diabelle refuses. And that's when everyone discovers that Kirito was a beta tester. And then they take the word beta tester and cheater and turn them into beater. And now everyone's calling Kirito a beater. Kirito basically laughs in their face and, and takes his new sexy cape that he just won off this monster. Yeah. And like, Fuck you guys, I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm totally a beater. Screw you all. And then he that's when he tells Asuna to find a mm -hmm. guild because you can't survive alone in this game. And to me, this... I mean, it's a good point to uh, stop and discuss rather than going on ranting on for a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I personally found this, up to this point of the series, like, really rushed. Mm -hmm. I felt how far they went into the boss fight and didn't give a chance for anyone's real reaction to what the hell's going on. Yeah. It was kind of like, okay, we're all over the denial phase and we're going to do this straight away. We should. It would have been nice to see how everyone reacted to this. And it would have taken days for everyone to... You, only, you could have fit it in an episode, that's the thing. Yeah, you could. It, but it, it's upsetting that they didn't take that and try to show exactly how everybody handled this. And I know later in the series, they did show some people committing suicide. Mm -hmm. But that's it. And just remember, if you want to call in, the uh, number is 76... Well, uh, one moment. <laughs> I've got the wrong number. Um... But, uh, yeah, if you guys uh, want to call into the show, the phone number is 760-512-5247. Um, I actually gave you guys the wrong number. I don't know where I got that from earlier. Uh, but no biggie. Um, and that's going to you, caller, if you want to call back from earlier. Oh, apparently I got a couple numbers that have been given by Blog Talk Radio. So either one of those are going to work. Oh, okay, that's good. Um, but, yeah, and also you can phone in via the Skype. So if you guys have got any opinions on Sword Art Online or your top five anime couple, as we just uh, finished that off earlier, mm -hmm. feel free to call in. But moving back on to the first arc, mm -hmm. uh, basically um, from there on, we had multiple time skips where uh, the characters uh, were beating basically every boss. Uh, it's basically just a good point to mention that as far as the game works, it's a leveling system like mm -hmm. World of Warcraft. It's essentially World of Warcraft, but with no magic. Yeah. You can only really fight with swords, hence the name Sword, sword Art. Sword Art, yeah. Um, you got Sword Magic, that's about it. Yeah. But... And uh, you can be a beast tamer, too, which I think is cool. You can fight via a little beast that you can raise. Mm -hmm. That's neat. But other than that, that's the closest you're going to get <laughs> outside of swords. So, yeah, so these guys are all basically traveling up each level, trying to unlock this uh, floating tower's floors. We should say exactly how Einkrad works. Uh, basically, there's 100 floors. There's 100 floors, and each one has monsters and a boss. And in order to unlock the next floor, you have to defeat the boss of that floor. And this goes on, and we skip, like, floors 20 at a time for some reason, because this anime is, like, skip crazy. It's extremely rushed. Um, like, the beginning of the show, barely see fucking anime. Yeah. 
and it's, it's annoying. Um, I think the longest time skip they did was a two-year time skip. Yeah, they actually skipped a whole two years, which is fine if you gave us enough substance prior, but yeah. they didn't. So we got a lot of time skips to the point where Kirito and Asuna end up battling side by side again. Yeah. And from there on, they develop their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and this all culminates to basically them traveling the world together, her leaving her guild, which at the point was the... Well, it all starts off with them not being able to stand each other. Mm-hmm. And they end up having to solve a murder of somebody. And uh, That's what I mean. They're fighting side by side. Yeah, they, they spend a, a case together trying to, you know, find out who killed this person. And I think over that case, that's when they start to realize maybe they don't dislike each other as much as they do. And maybe they are a good team. And eventually they build their relationship up to the point she even leaves her own guild. Yeah. Well, she doesn't leave them, and she goes on a hiatus. Mm Mm-hmm. But essentially pretty much leaves them. Yeah. Um, They start building their lives together. Mm -hmm. And along the lines, along the road, they uh, find a girl called Yui, who turns out to be an artificial intelligence. Yeah. They Uh, find a little girl wandering in the woods, and the little girl passes out when she gets too close to them. And when the little girl wakes up, she has amnesia. She doesn't remember anything. She doesn't know where she's from or who she is, uh, just that she's Yui. And so we should mention that at the time that they find Yui, they have decided to get married. And they have gotten married. They've gotten a cottage out in the woods. That's when they find this little girl. And then this part I felt was cute but really rushed. Out of nowhere, they're like, let's adopt her. Yay. Yeah, it's like, let's go. We've met for two days. This should be our kid. Yeah. I mean, I know Young Love's naive and silly sometimes, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was really rushed. I, I like Yui. But it was really rushed. Not only was her bring them bringing into her life was rushed, but her leaving their life was rushed as well. Within one or two episodes, she's gone. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad when she finally leaves, too. They, uh, you find out she's artificial she, intelligence. So. She ends up sacrificing herself to defend them from a really high-level boss that shouldn't be there. And the game find, figures out, hey, Yui, you're not meant to be here. Yeah, and it deletes her for insubordination. Um. However, she does, uh, Kirito manages to hack the system because fuck logic, this is an anime. Yep, he hacks the system to get what's called Yui's heart, which is what happens if a beast dies. And you he, can get their heart, and if you revive them within a couple days, they'll be revi- they'll be completely revived. And from there, I think the fire, um, just, just to get this summary of, mm-hmm. um, before we go into any more depth of the, of the first arc, is they finally... I think there's like level 70 or something like that. They're not even like 30 levels. Yeah, they're, on, they're on floor 70, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And they fight this huge-ass boss. That's a skeleton one. This boss I was actually a little impressed with. A lot of the bosses before, they weren't very unique. They were things you would see in any MMO. But this next one looked like a skeleton attached to a centipede, and it was by far one of the creepiest things I've seen. I told Steven that... If I were playing an MMO and my life was not even in danger, I'd still crap my pants. This thing was creepy looking. <laughs> but basically, Kirito, uh, the leader of the guild, he, uh, what's his name? Heathcliff? Yeah, Heathcliff. The um, leader of the Knights yeah. of the Blood Oath. Yeah, because Kirito at this point had to join them because, because Luke he lost, lost a, a duel to him. Yeah. Which actually plays into this whole thing. He uh, After they defeat him, he notices that... 
Uh, Heathcliff's health has not gone down past a certain point. And everyone always point. everyone always made the note that Heathcliff's health never drops past the yellow point. Yeah, and they always thought it was a skill until mm -hmm. now. Well, Kirito, just after the battle, just shanks him out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. And his life won't go down. It says immortal object, which we saw only once. Only with Yui. Uh, when she was attacked. Yeah. So at this point, um, it's revealed that Heathcliff is... <laughs> the creator of the game. Who yep, Kayaba Akihiko, the SAOGM. With the story that he intended to tell was he was going to lead the storm all the way to the end and on level 100 reveal himself to the final players that... That he was the boss, yeah. Who you've got to beat at the end of it all. Yeah, I liked what Kirito said when he figured out that he was the GM. He said... Anyone that has played an MMORPG knows that there is nothing more boring than watching somebody else play an MMORPG. So you put yourself in the game because you want it in on the fun. Mm -hmm. And what happens is he basically says, you guys can keep playing or you can duel with me here. Right here, right now. I'll turn off my immortal status and we'll have a fair duel. If you kill me, everyone will be set free. But, you know, if I kill you, that's it. And Kirito said, okay, on one condition, that if that if um, you do end up killing me, that you'll make sure that Asuna can't kill herself, or at least for a few days. And so after He that, turns her into an immortal object. He turns her into an immortal object for a little bit. But, um, so they fight, and Kir it doesn't go well. <laughs> Kirito ends up dying, impaled on his blade. Mm -hmm. Um... No, no, that's not exactly how it goes down. See, he didn't make Asuna an immortal object yet. And he was about to see that Kirito was about to get hit. Asuna jumped in front of the blade. Oh, yeah, that's right. Asuna jumps in front of the blade. She dies. Mm -hmm. And Kirito just loses it. And he's just completely weak. Like, you can tell he's, he's weakly swinging at this if guy. If you've ever played Metal Gear Rising and you're riding after you get cut up really bad and you can barely swing your sword, it's basically that. He's just weakly swinging at him because he's so overcome with grief that his wife just got killed in front of him that uh, finally Heathcliff just, like, shakes his head and impales Kirito. And... Suddenly, before Kirito's health can reach its lowest floor, he actually picks up Asuna's blade and stabs Heathcliff with it and actually kills Heathcliff. Before dying himself. Before dying himself. But then he dies like he, too. His actual health was zero, but somehow human emotion and human power. Yeah. Because, you know, the power of love. I don't know. Maybe it had something to do with his brain I don't acquiring know, I... extra stuff and the nerve gear responded to it. I don't know. But at the end, he... Basically broke the game and killed Heathcliff. Yeah, he killed Heathcliff. And with that, everyone whose mind, everyone, mm, quote unquote, um, mind went back into the nerve gear. Uh, sorry, back to, to functioning. their bodies. Um, the nerve gear was able to be taken off, and the game was over. And uh, he, Heathcliff and Kirito basically had a bit of a monologue. And Asuna. Um, Asuna was there too. They were standing in the sky looking down at. Einkrad as, as it, it basically broke away to nothing. And basically, I think my I I'm, I'm not entirely sure why Asuna gets to survive since both of them died. Their minds should have been fried by the nerve gear, but I think because Kirito gets to survive because he won. I think Asuna gets to survive because Kirito used her sword. That's my best guess. Well, I don't know also, why Asuna there's survived. a period before your brain fries. Yeah, there's you can revive another player with that particular yeah. item. Yeah. 
Um, so, and I'm sure the fact that he agreed not to let her die, mm-hmm. he probably would have let her live. Mm-hmm. That's that's a possibility. That actually yeah. makes more sense to me. But in the end, that's how the series comes to an end, and we're left with the image of well, not the series, the season. Yeah, the season, the first arc. Yeah. Kirito waking up in a hospital bed looking like a total fucking wreck. His yeah, hair, he's, his he's hair is long, his body's skinny, and he's holding himself up with an hospital apparatus and basically walking himself down the hallway. Even though in so, real, if this were real life, and again, it's anime, I don't expect it to be like real life. They did well, though. If it had been like real life, he wouldn't have been able to walk at all. It was two years. He wouldn't be mm. walking, period. But he basically was saying Asuna, and it faded out to the credits. And yeah. it was a strong ending. I really liked the ending of this. Yeah, me too. Um, the first thing he did when he woke up was get up and try and walk. Find off on And that's how we're left with the first arc. And Do you want to go deeper into that arc and go over some characters? Uh, well, first I want to just talk about concept first. Mm-hmm. When you're given the concept to this, which is basically the nerve gears on your head, you're trapped into, the reality, into a virtual reality and you die here. I mean, do you think it's a, what do you think of the positives? What do you think of the flaws of it? There aren't many positives of being stuck there. No, I just mean in general the story. The story itself is something I've not really seen in many other animes. That's where I think one of its strongest points are. It's different. It's not a concept I've seen in a lot of animes. I've seen a few things similar to it, sure, but this was in a game of its own. I've not seen any other concept like this. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I found the concept awesome. I thought it was... As much as I found it fun, I found it unbelievable that they'd be trapped in for so long. I just think the outside world over a two-year period would have found... Who did this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The internet is powerful, but so is other people's uses of the internet. I don't think one mind's that brilliant enough, but I have to suspend my disbelief because it's anime. True. Um, So that's the only flaw I saw in it, but the whole concept of being trapped in a virtual world... Sounds fun, like being in a virtual world. But not being trapped. So the whole concept that they them themselves are in this virtual world. And I found they stuck to... With superpowers, it's kind of awesome. I found they stuck to how MMOs work very, very well. I feel like, basically, like... They, they, there were a few tiny little jokes in there that only MMO players would, like, understand and giggle at. Like, if you pay attention, the first enemy that coins learn in a battle against the boars. Yeah, which is very standard. Yeah, for, like, especially with World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot which race it is, but the first enemy you fight are boars. Yeah. It's just, there were so many little MMO RPG, like, quirks in there that any MMO player would giggle at. I'm, I'm a previous MMO player, so is Steven. And it was just something that I could appreciate, really. And the leveling system was very nice. The drop, they even had like rules on drop rates. They had everything covered mm-hmm. from drop rates to enemy spawns to like if you think about an MMO, it's pretty much got all the bases covered boss fights, levels, raiding, drops. Yeah, everything. Everything, everything is covered. So the concept, I think, for the most part, was well delivered. Yeah. Um, as long as you suspend your disbelief, which you have to do if you watch any anime, it's believable and fun. Yeah. Um, but talking about the characters, is there any characters that you want to highlight particularly? I mean, obviously the first two main ones are Asuna and Kirito. Well, let me take a look at my list. Obviously, we covered uh, Heathcliff, which I felt was important. Uh, we already covered him. It's amazing to watch how much Klein grows 
And it's funny because two years later when Kirito comes across Klein, Klein is still learning, is still utilizing that little trick that Kirito taught him in the very first day, which is pretty, it's kind of cool. I liked seeing that. Klein grew incredibly. Um, I think it might be a good idea to talk about the Moonlit Black Cat skills, his very first guild that he joined. Well, we'll talk about Kirito first then. Okay. As far as Kirito goes, um, as far as his character, I think he didn't have too much development other than when tragic things happened. Mm-hmm. Outside of like tragedies, his character didn't grow at all. He didn't show any emotion about being trapped in the game. He really didn't seem to give a fuck. No. I think that was a flaw in his character. Actually, if I remember right, he talked about that a little later on, how he didn't feel like he belonged in the real world. Yeah, it just seems kind of out of place. You'd think yeah. you'd have some ties to the real Even world. Even if you didn't feel like you belonged in the real world, you'd still think like, you'd be oh, a bit Oh, I miss freak. my mom. I haven't seen her in a couple of years. Yeah, uh, you'd think you'd still be a little freaked out. I wonder how my out, sister's doing. Like, what's going to happen to my body, yeah. things like that. And they really didn't touch on that too much. Um, it's not until he joins the guild that you see a little bit of emotion with him. Mm-hmm, uh, which is uh, the... Moonlit Black Cat. And the only reason he gets any emotion is because... Someone died, Sachi. and he felt responsible for that. He promised Sachi. She was just so scared. She was, I believe, the only girl in the guild, and she was always petrified, always so shaky, afraid. And he promised her, I'm not going to let you die. You're, you and I are going to get out of this alive. And then they go to a, uh, they accidentally trigger a trap. It's a trap chest, which I encounter more often than not in Dragon's Dogma. And this trap chest just brings out tons of monsters, and he watches the whole guild get slayed before his eyes. And don't get me wrong, they all affect him, but watching Sachi die affected him more than anything else. Now, I agree that if you promise somebody that you're going to help them live, and then they die in front of you, it's going to impact him negatively, but they did not cover him and Sachi enough. There was barely any relationship there. Yeah, like... Like, throughout the whole series, this one death, fucks with him from beginning to end. Yes, it does. Sachi's death always fucks with him. And, you know, the concept itself is fair enough. It makes sense. The concept makes sense. But now, they... now, now, as far, they, there was a time skip during all this um, mm-hmm. guild, so I understand that they built the relationship. Yes, but they didn't build it with it. us. We don't get to see it. And that's a problem. That's a real problem. It's affecting him, but it's not affecting us. We're not emotionally invested in Sachi or her death. And that's why it's I like, think... oh, that's sad, but... I've seen a million anime characters die, and mm-hmm. why do I give a fuck? I mean, yeah. like, really. Um, and the only, and besides, and the only time you really see any other character development is when he hooks up with Asuna. Yeah. Um, he's a new, he's a kid finding love for the first time, setting up home, and basically growing up in this virtual reality. Um, and Asuna is probably the strongest character in the entire series. She starts off Lightning as Lightning fast this. asana is what they call her, I think. Mm-hmm. She's so quiet and scared. Kind of, well, no, in the scared, beginning, she's but, just quiet and held, withdrawn. Yeah. Um, the first time they meet. And then the next time they hook, uh, um, hook up, she's like outspoken and giving him orders. And in and your face, yep. It's like, whoa, what the fuck happened to you? I wish I could have at least seen how she turned into that. What happened? Why did she become like it's that? It's another situation where all these time skips are like... Too many time skips, really. Um, another time you get to learn a little bit about Kirito is when he comes across a girl that gets... She decides to separate from her group, and she almost dies. Her little beast, Pina, looks like a little ice dragon or something. Um, 
basically, she Pina jumps in front of her and spares her life. Kirito saves her from the other monsters, but Pina's dead. And he promises the girl, uh, I believe the girl's name is uh, Silica, that he will help Silica revive Pina uh, because Pina's heart was still there so they could go revive her. Now, you later find out the only reason he really helped her was because she reminds him of his sister, his real-life sister, which is his cousin, but we'll get into that later. And we also learn a little bit more about the black coffin here. The black coffin is where, or sorry, not the black coffin, the laughing coffin. I mixed up black cats and laughing coffin. To be fair, they're not exactly a real focal point of the show. It's good to know about the laughing coffin, though. They are guild of murderers, basically. Half of them, I think, understand that if you die in there, you die in real life. The other half don't believe it. Or don't give a shit. Yeah. In this game, if you have a green marker over your head, that means you're basically clean. If you have orange, that means you've recently committed, committed a, crime. a crime. If you have red, that means you've killed a player. Now, recently we find out that one of Silico's travel mates is a green player, but she's actually working for the Laughing Coffin. And what they do is they hire green players to go out and basically find victims and get the victims to trust them. And then the red players come out and kill them. And basically this person has been following Silica for quite some time. And that's basically your introduction to the Laughing Coffin. You see them a few other times in the anime. And I'm hoping maybe we'll see a few Laughing Coffin members in maybe Gungal Online or something like that. I'm hoping to see at least a few people that were in SAO in later chapters. Yeah, and is there any other characters you wanted to touch on? I mean, they're all pretty... Well, we, we touched on Yui, right? Mm-hmm. We touched on Rosalia, the green Laughing Coffin member. Um, there's the ar- the army might be worth going over. The Ironcrad Liber- Liberation Force? Yeah, the Ironcrad Liberation Force. There's not too much to say about them other than they're pretty much trying to there's complete the, the game and protect people, but they they're live in the corrupt. City. They became corrupted. They, they started off by wanting to clear every floor to get everyone out of there, but then they start taxing people and they start beating up little children. And that's when you meet Yulier, who begs you to go help them find Thinker. Her uh, basically her boyfriend at the time, not sh- but uh, basically that's when you figure out Yui's an immortal object. Mm-hmm. They go to save Thinker, and that huge, huge, huge monster comes out. And uh, we also learned that the army had. Okay, we have a caller on the line. I'm going to bring the caller on now. Okay, caller, you're on the line. Hello. Um, I don't know if like you guys started talking to it while the Skype call was going through its uh, little process of letting me know that I was on here with you. Oh, but, was that uh, you talk- earlier? Uh, earlier? Uh, I, don't, I don't believe that was me. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, we did have one person try and connect to us earlier, and they couldn't get through. So what's your name, and where are you calling from, man? Uh, my name is John. I'm calling from Milford, Pennsylvania. So how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, getting on to the topic of you talking about extra characters from Sword Art Online, what are your thoughts of um, Elizabeth? Lizbeth, the, uh, yes. the swordsmith, right? The swordsmith, yes. I would have liked to see more of her. You know, you only get like one episode of her. Lizbeth, remind me of who she is again. He, he wanted her to make a sword and he broke her sword. Oh, yeah, sword. I remember that. That's when he re- you realize he can dual wield, which is something the other people can't mm-hmm. do. But Yeah, she was definitely an intriguing character. We just never got to see much of her. And I felt that was one of uh, Sword Art Online's biggest flaws. As far as the anime They had a big cast, but they never really brought them into the show, uh, which is the opposite of the manga, which uh, they... I heard that the manga did a little bit more with the spare characters. Mm -hmm. What about you, caller? John, was it? Uh, Yes, John. 
Uh, I absolutely loved, like, almost all the side characters. But, like, uh, you guys had a good point with not having enough of them actually being in the show. Yeah, I would like that's to have seen, like, like, with Sachi, that was, that was another really good point that I absolutely agree on with you. They needed to do a little more with her to get you emotionally attached before they just upped and killed her. It, they did a good uh, job at, like, showing why he was so touchy with other guilds and wanting to be solo off that, though. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with you. So is there anything kind of about Sword Art Online, like, as far as the first arc um, that you think about? I mean, was uh, do you think the first arc sold you on the anime, or um, was it disappointing to you? The first arc, I absolutely adored it. I would give that a 10 out of 10. But uh, going off of that, the second arc wasn't that bad either. It just, I feel as though getting rid of the whole death penalty thing and not making it as, like, much of a threat to be there kind of yeah, you don't demoralize get the, the story whole, a little. Yeah, you don't get the whole feeling. It, it's not the same. It's not, and I know it's not supposed to be the same, but it's just, I feel like the first arc, you definitely become a bit more invested in than the second arc. Yeah, the whole first arc captivated me completely. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I got hooked to this anime within a few episodes because of the first arc. I think mainly because of the concept as well. I mean, what was your what was your uh, thought on the general concept of the anime? I personally have never seen an anime or more of a, a real show other than probably the guild that's attempted to put an MMORPG in the real world. So what was your opinion on it? I thought it was a completely amazing idea to incorporate, like, a game that you could, like, well, like an an, like a game into an anime where you could be in there with all your friends and turn it into, like, this whole drawn-out story of survival and trying to get out of it with your friends. That was a really cool idea, and it seemed really original to me. Okay, um, we're going to be actually getting into Alfheim Online, so you're welcome to call in again and let us know what your opinion is on that. Is there anything else you wanted to say um, in regards to the art first arc? Oh, no, I think I pretty much got it, and you guys talked about it a lot. I just um, agreed with you a lot and wanted to call in to talk about an extra character that I thought you guys might have missed. All right, well, that's awesome, man. In. If you want to call in any time, uh, just let us know. Um, and if you guys want to call in, the uh, you can check us out at two... What was the number again? I'm losing <laughs> it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you guys want to call in, you can do it via Skype or the phone number listed on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, thank you, John, for calling in. Is there anything you want to promote or shout out before you go? Um, not really. Besides, like the fact that, like, I have a, like, I noticed you guys have an, uh, like, an anime fan page on Facebook, and so do I. But I, I won't like advertise no, or anything. No, you, you can plug. You, if you can you go are. ahead. Uh, what's what's the URL, bud? It's uh, hold on a second. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's cool. Are you the one that messaged us just recently? Yes, that is me. Was that uh, Facebook.com backslash All Fans of Anime? Yeah, that's my main page. All right, guys, check out that. Uh, just thank John for contributing. Hope to have you on in the future. You um, have a you have a good night, man. All right, you too. I really enjoy the page. All right, thank Thanks. you. All right, so moving on to Alfheim Online, and um, which is the second arc of the show, and it's a very interesting one. Uh, they totally changed basically everything about the show. Yeah, it, it, I did like that in the beginning. After Kirito wakes up. You think everything's going to be okay, and then you discover it's not. It's not at all. And I did like that little concept. And basically, to give you the background of how it worked, after the uh, after Argus went bankrupt, which was the company that did Sword Art Online, yeah. um, because obviously the incident broke out, everyone came to, everyone was majorly pissed off. I'd be pissed. 
Um, <laughs> it's, it's servers and data were acquired by Recto Pro, uh, Progress Incorporated, and they used it to create a, another MMORPG. Alfheim Online. Alfheim Online, and uh, it's basically loosely based on fairy and uh, Norse mythology, um, and drawing elements from various other legends and such. The skills of this show, though, are different as far as leveling goes. Um, there is no leveling. It mm -hmm. is pretty much the skills you use are the ones that get better. And if your personal ability also dictates how well you can compare to some of the veteran players. So overall, it's a fun concept. I preferred the whole leveling and it's been strictly more MMO, like more... More like an MMORPG. So that kind of took away a little bit of the fun for me, mm -hmm. but I understand that they want to change it up. They want to find different. So this whole show, it's basically got fucking fairies everywhere instead of uh, players <laughs> on foot. You can fly around, you have the ability to take to the skies, maneuver how you want, battle you in the skies. Your, you can move your wings with a little remote control, or, or if you're more advanced, you can just do it by contracting the muscles in your back. There's also, I think there's seven different races of the fairies. There's a whole bunch of different fairies. Yeah, um, basically they all, they don't get along very well. At least most of them do, don't. I mean, some do. It's basically this, it's kind of like how World of Warcraft had the, the Horde and the Alliance, except yeah. imagine that. Broken into a lot more pieces. And obviously some races work together, much like the Horde and the Alliance. The but the Sylph and the Kate Sith, they get along. They're trying to actually form an alliance. But to get on to it, so basically this is the, the to describe the world, we, it's basically you, you're flying around and using magic as opposed to wielding swords. And the moment he lands, he uh, actually but finds you. let's explain first how we got into this world. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, ever since Sword Art Online's gone offline, uh, they know that hundreds of players are still not awoken yet. They don't know they're trapped in another video game right yeah, now. Yeah, they've not even woken up. Uh, there's a school opening up for all the players that... That were stuck in the game for two years. Because yeah. putting them back in normal society could be bad for them. So they were helping them out that way. And obviously he's hanging out with, with Eagle at the time. Agile. Agile. I think it's what, Agile. Whatever. I don't know. It's hard to say. When I forgot. It's, it's been a while. Um, but he, he sends him a photo. He, he, yeah, they're hanging out at Agile's bar. And he sends him a photo of what looks like Asuna. Yeah. And that's because it is. <laughs> and he's like, it's on a cell phone online game. And he's like... It's supposed to be in a place called the World Tree. And he's like, hell yeah, I'm going to this if I can find Asuna. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he's been visiting Asuna in hospital. Yeah. Uh, she's not responding, and she's pretty much uh, zonked out. And it's at this point that he meets an individual by the name of... And I know you've got his name written down. Yeah, that's Sugo. Sugo, and he basically tells him, Kirito, that I'm marrying this girl. Yeah, he wants to uh, marry her, and he, he's always been fond of Asuna, but Asuna has never returned his feelings. And basically, right in front of Kirito while he's visiting, he tells Asuna's father, I want to be part of your family, blah, blah, blah. So in January, late January, they're going to do a type of ceremony that would bring, that would adopt him into the family. Of course, they can't legally marry him to Asuna without Asuna being awake. And her consent. Without her consent, you know. Uh, but he's going to do the next best thing and try to, like, adopt himself into this family. So Kirito basically sees that as a time limit to get her back into this world. And obviously they have another meeting later on, but we'll touch on that yeah. and when. So Kirito's now in this world, and he meets another gamer. Um, 
And also, let's just say that he's been hanging out with his sister now in the real world, too. Yes, his sister. We get Who to see a little bit his ass at Kendo. Yeah, Suguha. Uh, Suguha and him have... She's, like, never got on well with her brother. Kirito's always ignored her for the most part. Yeah, until so. he came, too. He's finally... He's been nice And he's to always her. talking about this online world, and she's always interested, which leads us to those two meeting up in... In Elfheim Online. They don't realize that... They're looking at each other. They don't realize that Lifa is Suguha and Kirito is. Uh, because unlike uh, the other world, is they don't have real life avatars. No. They have. They look completely different, except for Kirito. Yeah, it's like it's like really you couldn't tell well, he was your fair, brother. Though, to be fair, though, he picked a race that always has black hair, and always has black eyes, and always. It looks black a lot eyes. like. And so, isn't the voice is similar? Yeah, you would think you'd notice the voice, but whatever. But um. But whatever, for whatever reason, this is anime, fuck logic, they don't know that it's each other. Yes. Um, there's a lot of hints struck through it. Yes. But, and we're introduced to this new world, and he protects her, and kicks these guys, well, he kicks so one guy's ass. One race is chasing her. She is part of the Sylph race, which I believe is Earth-based. Whatever. And then the Salamanders, which are fire-based, are chasing after her and trying to kill her. Now, Kirito defends her, and that's when we learn that what death penalties are. Basically, if you die, it gets rid of a bunch of... I you guess, lose I would, points and skills, kind yeah, of like... Uh, losing experience if you die, basically. Yeah, there's plenty of games like that that mm-hmm. actually work that way, so that's something that I didn't mind. So it, you don't see it in many MMORPGs, but you see it in other things. And that's the point when he's uh, brought. she brings him to a city where we run into her annoying little friend, Recon. Um, less said about recon, the better. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that kid was annoying. He's annoying. He doesn't leave a turn. He doesn't warrant her constantly beating the shit out of him, but I don't annoying. know. I beat the shit out of that kid too. He's, he's annoying as he's hell. He's annoying. Apparently, he's Suguha's friend in the real world at school. But so yeah, uh, this um this arc is very short lived. Yes. Um. Thank God, because it was poorly done. But I mean, it might be poorly done because it was short. Yeah, maybe if we'd had more time with it, it w- we would have been able to explore more. I wanted to bring up that he was able to revive Yui in this world. Mm-hmm, which is and, very important because... Yeah, she's brought into the world as a Navi, as a navigation pixie. And she's able to basically dig up a whole bunch of information. I just kept her. wanting to hear her say, hey, hey, listen. But... Uh, Oh, and also a good point to remember is Kirito actually has all his abilities from Sword Art yes, Online. Yes, for some reason. She said, she told him as long he should be okay with that as long as he doesn't do that in front of a human GM. As long as he doesn't draw attention. Yes, don't draw attention to yourself. But basically, Yui was able to look into the system. She found out that it's basically running on the same system that SAO was, just a young, an older version of it. So basically, it was all in the same world. Just it looked completely different. But she was still able able to manipulate some things like she had been able to in Sword Art Online. And from there, basically, they're trying to get to the World Tree. Yeah. Um, and probably the most exciting boss fight we got from... There's a bit of character development with Leafa and uh, Kirito going through this world. But it's, bo- it's nothing considerable. It's literally a few random fights now and again yeah. with other players. And there's nothing there that I can really tell you was that interesting. Yeah. That's worth in covering in the summary. So they basically go to the World Tree. Uh, we should say what the World Tree is. It's basically, if you get to the World Tree, because all these pixies, fairies, whatever you want to call them, have limited flying time. Yes. You can only be in the air so long. 
before your wish. Whatever race life. gets to the top of the tree gets to make the wish of... They become a completely different race. And they show pictures of what this race looks like, and they actually look like angels. Mm -hmm. And they get basically a limited flame. Yep. Um, so it's so, everybody's goal to do this. But it's as we see, but it's the, the game's designed so you're not really ever meant to. Yeah, basically, it's not something that you're supposed to be able to do. They designed the world tree to make it impossible. It's not you're not supposed to be able to get past it. And it is the most epic boss fight throughout the entire series. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fights. I'm gonna go ahead and say there was a lot of cool bosses. Mm -hmm. They just lackluster as hell. Yeah, I actually honestly felt that some of the battling in Alfheim was. Better than some of the battles. Sword Art Online had the better story. Alphine did have a few better battles. And this one was awesome because literally, while they're trying, once they go through the gates and they're trying to get up the world tree, there was thousands upon thousands upon thousands of enemies just swarming them. Yeah. And it's the first time in the entire series that Recon's actually fucking useful. Yeah. Um, Leafer and Recon help him get through to the top. He breaks through. I believe Recon sacrifices himself. Mm -hmm. just so they... He does a self-destruct, which it's is apparently just... the biggest penalty in the game. It's not just Recon that shows up, though. Earlier in the game, earlier in this game, uh, Leafa and Recon discover that the Sylphs are about to be um, betrayed by one of their uh, captains, basically. And Kirito helps them out. They're going to try to... Uh, let the salamanders attack while the sylphs and the kate sith are signing their um, alliance their treaty. treaty and basically because they came to them and told them what was going on they banished this horrible guy when they're at the world tree but not only do the sylphs show up to help them but the kate sith do as well and that's the only reason they're able to get in and they do mention earlier in the game that there's no way just one particular race could get up the world tree. You would have to but ally. But only one race can get the yep, award. Yeah, you'd have to ally, but only one race can get the award. So it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. But, but in uh, the end, it was true. Mm -hmm. Without the help of the Kate Sith and the Sylph, he would have never gotten up there. But he got up there and then swarmed by even more enemies. And then once those enemies are killed, the gate won't open. And the reason is because it's not supposed to open. It was never designed that way. They never designed it to open. They didn't think someone would ever get past those swarms of enemies, but they did. And by now, um, Asuna is being, has been like emotionally tortured by... Yeah, she's being held in this cage of sorts. Don't get me wrong, it's a very nice cage. <laughs> by King o Oberon. Oberon, who is the perverted... It's the guy that was saying he wants to marry her against her will and all that. Yeah, and she's been like sniffing her hair, yeah, he uh, stripping her, her down, and he never completely strips her because he's like, you know, I won't do that without your consent. But he teases doing it yeah. all the time, and it's horrible. Loosening and her clothes. He keeps calling her Titania. I think it actually might be something to do with Shakespeare. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, he's back, King Ober uh, Oberon. Oberon, and she's Titania, and. She finally breaks free out of this cage. Yeah, she finds every time she looks at the keypad when he's trying to type it in, it's blurry in her vision, but then she realizes if she looks in the mirror, she can see the keypad code. Yeah, he, she's uh, made it so her settings can't see the code. But in the mirror, she can. So she figures it out, types it in, escapes, and tries to... She finds a lab. Mm -hmm. Where they're, basically, we find out that this guy can fuck everyone over. Yeah, he's holding these... 
300 players from Sword Art Online that never got out of the game. But he can even take the players that are currently playing and fuck with them if he wants to. Yeah, if he wants to, but he's currently using the 300 as, as an experiment. Test. And he's messing with their emotions in every way possible, and he's taking um, notes on it and all that. He has a whole lab just putting these people through horrible nightmares and dreams and just seeing what it does to their emotions and how he can alter people's emotions by using that. And it's really messed up, and Asuna figures that out. And by this point, Kirito's visited Asuna again and basically been told by Oberon to stay the fuck away, otherwise I'm going to fuck with her. In the Yeah, he says he's going to hurt her. Um, but Kirito gets up to the world tree. The... Well, basically, he's got Yui, and the closer they get to the world tree, the more Yui yells, mm-hmm. oh my god, Mama's here, Mama's here. And it's worth saying that at, by this point... Him and his sister have figured out that they are each other. Mm-hmm. They actually have a miniature fight. They get really angry with each other. But in the end, they work it out. She admits that she had actually had feelings for him. Because basically the situation with Kirito and... Suguha? Is that their, sis, their sister and brother are only by name. They're actually really cousins. And yeah. from, I'm, from my understanding, that's acceptable. In, in Japan, it's not entirely... For those cousins to date. In I Japan, think it's frowned upon, but it's not unacceptable. It's not like how it is in the USA. Yeah. No. Um, so with that, they have feelings for each other. Well, she has yeah, feelings she for has him. she has feelings for him, but he has feelings for us, and I right. don't care. But in the end, she wants to help him get off, mm-hmm. because that's what he really wants, and she wants him to be happy. Yeah, she finally pulls her shit together. Yep, she um, does. And she helps him get to the top of the world tree. At this point, Yui can tell that Asuna's there, and she tries projecting herself to Asuna, and Asuna can hear her, but she can't see her. And so Asuna, she can tell, by this point she's been caught mm-hmm. when she tried to leave, and they've brought her back to her cage, and they've locked her in there. But she can hear them, and while she was there, she actually grabbed the admin's console key. And when she heard Yui, she threw the admin's console key out the cage, and it fell, and Kirito found it. And that's how he was able to get out there. And with that, we're finally uh, given a final battle. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to refresh my memory on this one. Cause well, basically, they finally get up using the admin's key. Mm-hmm. And when they finally get to Asana, um, there's a big family reunion. Everyone's super happy, blah, blah, blah. But then Oberon shows up. And he uses what's called gravitation magic, and it's not supposed to be implemented until the next patch. Mm-hmm. He said, I think it's a little overpowered, but oh well. And it shoves them to the ground, and it makes Yui disintegrate. Luckily, though, Yui was able to hide herself in um, Kirito's nerve gear to survive the attack. But uh, basically, they're stuck on the ground. And this is when he turns off Kirito's pain. He turns off the pain absorption. He slowly turns it down from a 10 to an 8 to a 6. And just and keeps getting lower. And stabbing him. He's and stabbing him in all types of horrible places. And whilst at this point he chains up Asuna and does strip her down. This yeah, time. he, he just does. rips her clothes off. Yeah, he's definitely quite the villain. Um, and a pervert. He's a pervert. But, and of course, he snips her hair because that's his freaking thing. But um, basically... We got a weird moment where Kirito... Is it death, can you call it? Or I don't Where know. he has that moment with the original creator. Oh, yeah. But basically, after you turn the pain absorption down to a certain bit, it actually begins to affect your real body. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Kirito experiences something similar to death. And suddenly, he has he's in this place, and it's just him and Kayaba Akihiko. Now, this is not really Kayaba. Um it's, it's he left himself he in the left, game. He left his mind. not his mind because he's he's technically dead, but he left his a part of him. a part of him they, behind in the game, 
And basically this person that was left behind in the game gave Kirito the means to fight back. Basically gave him Heathcliff's... Heathcliff's login information into the server, which I was very happy about. I thought that and was he really He absolutely cool. fucked King Oberon up. Yeah. He, King <laughs> Oberon tried to say, like he summons King Oberon's strongest weapon, gives it him. Yeah, because Oberon then... can't summon his... He turns off Oberon's admin powers. Because in that, Heathcliff is the big yeah. cheese. And Oberon can't get his own sword, so he's like, and he summons Oberon's sword for him and hands it to him. Like, you little bitch. Yeah, here you go. Let's fight. And then he turns pain absorption down to zero. And fucking beats the piss out of him. Yeah, he does so many horrible Stabs things to Oberon. He, yeah, he ends up stabbing him in the eye. Yeah. And uh, eventually Oberon dies in the game, obviously. Not in real life. Since that's all gone. That, that's not part of the game anymore. But him and Asuna, they're able to get out. Uh, Yui is eventually uh, reunited. They, they find out Yui's okay, which is most important. And Kirito heads off to the hospital to go find Asuna, which then we truly get the final, final, final boss fight. <laughs> and it's an in-real-life fight between... Um, uh, Sugo, um, between Sugo, sorry, Sugo. Sugo and Kirito, where... Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to knife Kirito. Yeah, he should, he really is gonna kill him. Yeah, and his catches, eye catches him in the face, and his face is all Sugo's face is all fucked up. In yeah, real because life now. he because he turned pain yeah. absorption down to zero. Sugo was affected in real life. Luckily, and he Kirito, goes. And Kirito's like, hang on, he's just a bitch in the game and in real life. Yeah. Just kicks his ass and he goes him into to a stab car. Kirito, but because of his his eye being messed up, his depth perception is crap, so he misses. So then Kirito really messes him up. The police are called, they take care of him, and he goes and he sees Asuna, and that's pretty much that. Um, So, yeah, he beats the piss out of him, and they go to school, live a normal life, Mm -hmm. and are happily ever after. And it's nice thing, uh, what happens at the end is, uh, what Heathcliff did give Kirito was the memes called the seed, well, something called the seed, the memes to create a new game. Yep. And from that the world starts making more virtual reality games again. Yeah. And it revitalizes the, the genre yeah. after it got destroyed in the media. Video, yeah. So with that, it sets up the future for what would be the next game and le- and brings back Eincrad for everyone. Yeah, Eincrad is there, which is nice. So they all get to go and play Eincrad again. Um, Kirito says he'll have to start over from the beginning, but he says it's worth it. So with that, let's go talk and get actually a bit like... More acquainted. Yeah, let's just let everyone know what we thought about it. Um, As far as the story goes, in comparison, what do you think? I had... I didn't really have problems with the Alfheim Online arc. I just... There wasn't much to it. And like John said earlier when he called, it was... It was good. It's just there wasn't as much... To it, there's not as much to and get invested in, and it, it's just—I don't know. It's 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 good, but it's not as good, like John said. I personally had a lot of problems with the story. Mm-hmm. I thought it was rushed. It was I rushed. I, I think both are. I barely knew anything about the series. I barely knew anything about the world. Barely knew anything about the races. Barely knew anything about the characters. Kirito and Leafa's bond and. As far as relationship, was barely elaborated on. Yeah, because um, obviously, Le- I don't care what people say. Leepa was replacing Asuna in this series. Basically, Asuna's locked away. They need a female ro- lead role to be with Kirito. Yeah. 
She did a piss poor job replacing her. Yeah, that's true. She was boring. She was whiny. She was bratty. I didn't give a crap about her. Yeah. Um, I really just wanted to see Kirito hurry up and... Save Asuna. In the end, after watching this series, what I would have liked to have just happened was that going back to Sword Art Online 1, mm-hmm. Kirito gets killed by Heathcliff. That item that Kirito gave to Klein earlier is given to Kirito to revive him. Mm-hmm. And they get up to level 100 and defeat Heathcliff then. Yeah. I would have liked to have just seen them focus on Sword Art Online and just left Alphion alone. Then you wouldn't have Asuna anymore, though. And that could be a problem. You just No, you just rewrite it how you do it. Well, obviously. of course, yeah. It's just if you only did it like that, you'd have yeah. no Asuna. I liked the monsters and the skills in Alphine. I liked that as a Spriggan, Kirito was able to transform himself into huge, scary things. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of stuff, but it's stuff you could have implemented cool. into Sword Art Online if you had just set the focus on that. I liked the whole idea that um, of the territories and how each each race had its own territory and how you could attack you can't attack someone in their own territory mm-hmm. but they can attack you things like that the little rules thrown out about here and there I like that but it that. was never elaborated but on and we never got to see any of it in play it was I like, feel like they either should have gotten rid of Alfheim or they should have elaborated a lot more on it yeah I think if you I think if you've only got so many episodes to work with there's a lot more they should have done perhaps mm-hmm. made it 50 levels instead of 100 yeah maybe there's just, it just felt Alphine was really, like, Sword Art Online was rushed. Yeah. It was. Alphine Online, it was fucking ridiculously rushed. Yeah, that's true. It was ridiculous. Um, I, I barely got any t- I wasn't invested in the story. I wasn't invested in the characters. I just wanted to see the conclusion. Yeah. I was invested in the story from the beginning sort of. to the end. Yeah. That if I hadn't, I would have felt left out. So... Mm-hmm. Alphine Online was more of a chore to watch than it was an enjoyable thing. I mean, I enjoyed the series, but at the same time, I wasn't invested in it. You were I, more watching it. By the last few episodes, I, was, well, I wanted it to end already. Yeah. I wasn't enjoying it anymore, which is sad. I did like seeing them all get together in real life after. That was fun. Mm-hmm. So they would all have a... Uh, I remember uh, the character that John mentioned earlier, uh, Lisbeth. She actually... she would. She'd get so angry when she was at school because she'd be watching Kirito and Asuna be all lovey-dovey, and she was it was driving her nuts. And she'd be talking to the girl that was Silica, and Silica told her, it's your own fault. You know, you you said you would leave them alone for uh, a month, or I can't remember how long. I think it was a month before you would start yelling at them for getting lovey-dovey. Because, you know, they kind of owe it to them yeah. because they got them all out of the game. But at the same time, she's like, oh, it's so disgusting. <laughs> so... By comparison, I definitely... Is there any characters, like, new that was really that strong in Alpha? No, the only new characters that we really got were Suguha, Sugo, Recon, Sigurd, the self-warrior that tried to betray them. Mm-hmm. And there was Sakuya, the leader of the Sylphs, and then there was Alicia, the leader, the of, the, only the thing, leader of the Kate Sylphs. The only thing Alphine did better was some of the fights were more exciting. Oh, yes, definitely. But with no substance, they don't matter. Yes. And... The villain was a lot better. Yeah. I, you know, I felt like... I didn't even hate Heathcliff. I did not hate Heathcliff. I, I felt like there it was... It was almost like he made this world and didn't know... He didn't know what he was doing with it. 
I feel like, yeah, he shouldn't have done what he did, and everyone was justified in hating him that was in the world, but I did not see him quite as a villain as I did just a protagonist. Or, sorry, antagonist, not protagonist. I saw him more as an antagonist than a villain. Just someone that's opposite of the protagonist. I was rooting for the protagonist, not him, but at the same time, I didn't hate him. Now, they really made you hate Sugo. You hated Oberon. You mm-hmm. wanted him to lose, and you wanted him to lose badly. But I, at the same time, I liked hating him. He was a good villain, and he was a little creepy, mind you, but, you know... It added to it. He was a pervert. Yeah, he is a pervert, and I felt like he was an actual villain as opposed to Heathcliff, who was not. So with that, what's the final verdict of both series altogether? Altogether? I definitely enjoyed it. I'm excited for Gungale Online. I'm hoping it's not going to be another Elf I'm Online <laughs> I'm hoping that it will be. I hope they're going to go deep into it and actually develop. Like, just like, what's your opinion on just the whole series as a whole? The first ones that we've just talked about. We'll get onto that in a second. Just, uh, what do you mean by the first? Sword Art. Just Alphine, Sword Art like, and Alphine. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I really, I'm glad I watched it. Don't get me wrong, I like Sword Art a bit more than Alphine, uh, but I don't regret watching it. And I definitely would do it again. Yeah, if I had to rank this uh, series, with, if it was just Sword Art Online, it'd be an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I think Alphine seriously damaged the whole of it because there was a, there was a, it wasn't just a couple episodes. It was a decent chunk of yeah, the series. It and it hurt the ending. It did. So with that, I have to give it a 6.5 to a 7. I pretty much agree with you. Um, if I was just talking about the first arc, then definitely 8, easy. Oh, easily. But... Alfheim was just that bad as far as delivery and as far as basically what they had. They had so much momentum and they pissed it all away. And I would have rated Sword Art itself with a higher number if it weren't so rushed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's obvious that Kirito and Asuna would be in love with each other after two years, but we never got to see it. Mm -hmm. We never got to see his relationship with the Black Cat Guild. So when they died, we never got to, like, mourn that. It was just so rushed. I would have given it a bigger rating if it weren't so rushed. And yeah, it's a, Alfheim was rushed, but so was Sword Art Online. Alfheim was rushed way worse, but both arcs were too rushed, and that's why my rating is lower. Definitely. Um, so the final verdict is Sword Art Online. The, um, are you addicted or not? Yes. I want to come back for more. Okay. It's left me coming back, wanting to come back for more. So, so, which is a good segue for us to talk about Sword Art Online 2. Gun Gale Online. From what we know, well, mm-hmm. from we, it's obvious that it's at least going to cover Gun Gale Online 2. Mm-hmm. Now, for those that don't know, um, as far as the Sword Art Online 2 series goes, uh, we know it's going to cover Gun Gale Online. The trailer, which is about 30 seconds, showed uh, two or three of the characters and guns and firing and just a Japanese woman going Sword Art Online 2 activated. Yeah. Um, so we're going to see a more futuristic world, a world where players are actually making money off this game. And I'm hoping they do this well. And I'm hoping they deliver well. I'm hoping there's more character development. Yeah, I, I hope, hope they slow down a little. Uh, I see. I know there's two worlds that they like that are next on schedule, Gungale Online and The Underworld. Mm-hmm. Don't do The Underworld if you can't do... If it's going to result in Gungale being rushed. Yeah. Take your time. Release another series if you have to. Release Sword Art Online free if you have to. Yeah. I I would do. I would just be so happy if it's not rushed. 
like the original yeah. was. It's just it it's was got a lot of potential. Honestly, I thought series they should have done Sword Art Online one being Sword Art Online, Sword Art Online two being Alfheim, and invested time in that, and then done Gungallon Underworld because as um I like what I've read from uh, said. Gungale Online, like the whole concept about players being able to make money off this now, mm-hmm. and that's what's getting them into the game. Because mm-hmm. obviously they needed a new way for why play people are playing. Right. Um, I'm just hoping that the character development's there and the emotional investment, because without these memes, uh, means of people wanting to kill each other, um, sorry, or completing the game so they don't die, I don't know what's going to emotionally invest me in this. Yeah. So I'm worried about how it's going to play out. It'll be hard to become emotionally invested unless they show part of their real lives. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering what... I don't know too much about the manga for this one, so I'm hoping they take their time and they do it well. That's yeah. all I can ask. I hope they listen to the fan criticism, which is, I'll find suck because it was rushed. Um, so with that, if you guys want to give us your thoughts, comments, uh, just let us know before we uh, head on out. Uh we're almost wrapped up here. I'm just going to get a few plugs in. Um, overall, we, me and Jana, we're addicted to Sword Art Online. We think it's a great series. There was definitely flaws. It's weird. It's one of these series that have so many flaws, yet at the same yet time, you love it. yet you can look past it and go, it was a good show. I'm happy I watched it. And me and Jana are definitely addicted to anime and addicted to Sword Art Online. Um, with that, I'm just going to go through uh, a few things, um, if I can find them. Here we go. <laughs> uh, the final verdict, worth watching. Go out your way and check it out. Next month, we're going to be covering Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Brotherhood. Um, basically, the whole Full Metal Alchemist universe. Yeah, we won't just be doing Brotherhood, yeah, we'll be dif- doing both. The differences between them, the differences between the homunculi, the difference between the characters. What we liked, what we didn't what like. What the difference between the voice acting. We're going to cover the differences, let you know which one is the best. Um, and that's pretty much all there is to talk about tonight. Um, if you want to hear more from me personally, you can follow me at Steve Wago. Um, you can follow me at UDMMA for all my unanimous decision stuff. Uh, for unanimous decision is a show that I do on the MMA world. You can find that at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Dream Elite Radio. Uh, check us out at facebook.com slash UDMMA for more uh, information on that. Um, make sure you check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash addictedanimefans, for more about this show. Uh, go check out Mega Powers Radio. We have a variety of different shows you can take a look at. And, of course, we want to thank Pastel Bun Bun one more time for items that are uh, un- totally unique, um, which we've personally invested yes, in. Yes, we've bought them ourselves. Uh, 100% cute. It's your one-stop shop for Kauai. And great craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna is a great manufacturer. We know her personally. You're getting, you're getting a lot of love and attention put into these products. So if you're into the cutesy, uh, taku-type stuff, it's definitely a place to go. Definitely. So with that, um, you got any closing words? No. All right, I think we're done for the guy. I'm done for the evening, guys. Make sure you check out Mega Powers Radio. Check out FanboysAnonymous.com. I'm shooting a lot of articles down there. Anything anime related will come up in the group. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. The group is like almost 600 likes now. Yeah, it's getting quite big now. It was thanks. only like 200 a few days ago. <laughs> so thank you again. Uh, we enjoy doing this. We want to know what your thoughts are. Feedback, um, 
any criticism which we can help to make the show better? What shows do you want us to talk about? Yeah. Uh, what shows do you recommend we should take a look at and see if we want to put it on the show? Uh, we're open to everything, and we'll see you next month for Addicted to Anime, Full Metal Alchemist. Thank you.